0: Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder.
1: Here we are.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: It is later than we normally record.
0: Way later. It is 10 o'clock in the evening, and we are just starting. Yes.
1: We're getting some.
0: uh,
1: Yeah, we've been working on some stuff. We're uh, ironing out some details on some things that you'll find out later. So, I'm Tyler. And I'm Megan. We're whiskey and wonder together. Mm. We unite to make whiskey and wonder, <laughs> like the um, what was that cartoon where um, they had the oh, rings?
0: Uh, Planet Earth? That, no, no, that was no.
1: Captain Planet. But there was like a brother and a sister team that they would oh, they with shape the dragons. Us. They would well, no, she could oh. turn into all the cool shit, and he could only turn into like something related to water. It had to be like like he could turn into like a mop bucket. I feel like <laughs> they were stuff like, like, like
0: dragons in it, weren't there? And They I, were like
1: I maybe they she, both had black hair. Maybe she turned into a dragon. Let us know what that cartoon was, because I remember. Was it the Wonder Twins?
0: I don't know. Uh, I don't
1: remember. Um, anyway, we're Whiskey and Wonder, where we unite to become Whiskey and Wonder.
0: <laughs> or uh, where we review whiskey every week and teach the other something that we have wondered about. Um, And that is who we are. Who it was us?
1: the Wonder Twins. It, was the, it Twins. was the Wonder Twins. Is That's that
0: who I was thinking of? I don't know. Nope, not who I was thinking of at all.
1: Oh, and they had a blue monkey. Cool. <laughs> um, anyway, like Megan said, we're whiskey and wonder where we whiskey and we wonder. Um, yep. Check guys, check us out on social media. Uh, we're gonna we're making a conscious effort to be better at social media from this point forward. You have my word and Megan's word. We are going to do our best. To be better at it, you can find all that stuff if you're watching try. us. right. Yep. You can find all that stuff in the show notes or on the screen where you uh, check us out on YouTube if you're not already. Uh, we're Whiskey and Wonder, Instagram at Whiskey Podcast. You can find us at WhiskeyandWonder.com. You can find all the previous whiskeys we've done. You can find what's on our to do list. You can find little biographies about us, some of our merchandise. You can find all that cool stuff at WhiskeyandWonder.com. Reach out to us. Please reach out out to us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us topics you want us to cover. Tell us whiskeys you want us to review. If you've reviewed a whiskey that we have reviewed and you loved it, if you hated it, if you thought it was meh, let us know. Write us. Contact at Mm whiskeyandwonder.com. And if you so choose to donate, which we appreciate everybody who has donated, we thank you so much. We couldn't do it without you. Patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder or paypal.me slash whiskey and wonder. Megan, do you have anything to add to that?
0: I do not. All right. I think you covered everything.
1: I think I got it. Okay. That time without screwing anything up. Yes. <laughs> it's only episode 43.
0: It was the first time for everything.
1: Um. So, uh, as far as announcements go this week, uh, we put a poll out on our website on the homepage uh, two weeks ago. And it was just to gauge interest on a new segment. And we got six people that voted. Mm-mm. And they were all yes. <laughs> so we're going to proceed with the new segment starting today. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> just six people that voted? Yes.
0: I would yeah. not have said six people.
1: Oh, well. I would have
0: said majority. Majority.
1: Hey. But, I challenged you guys to go vote. Nobody went and voted, really. So Anyway, <laughs> 100% uh, of the people voted for this topic. Voted for this, so. This segment. This segment. Yep, so. Okay. Um If you're on YouTube, obviously I still have my beard. I will be going this Wednesday, August 4th. I have the appointment booked. I have shall be ready to film The shaving of the beard. So that is happening. I
0: am so excited.
1: Well, I'm glad. I'm not. (laughs) I have been putting mustache uh, wax in my mustache, though, to try and get it to start. To get it ready. Curling out just to, (laughs) yeah. So um, as always, we are looking for guests and guest drinkers. If you want to be on the show, reach out to us. Again, contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. You can find all that stuff, how to reach out to us in the show notes. Um, or on the screen if you're on YouTube and also in those show notes as well. And last but not least, as far as announcements go, I will be going on vacation, uh, one week in August Mm -hmm. and I will be gone on a Sunday, but because we love doing this and we love you guys and we want continuity, we've, we've struggled a little bit in that department sometimes. But we want to keep this continuous, so we're going to record an extra episode, or record an episode prior to... Yeah,
0: an episode in advance.
1: Yeah, it's not an extra episode. It's an e- we're going to record in advance, and it will still come out at its regular time. It'll just be recorded, so we may not be completely caught up with current events on that one. Right. But other than that, everything will proceed as planned, ideally as smoothly as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know how it goes with
0: technology. Don't we all,
1: um, last but not least, as far as announcements, I had touched on it earlier, uh, to anybody that supports the podcast, whether it's by listening, sharing, you know, telling your friends, telling your family, donating, whatever, however you support us buying a sticker, buying a whiskey glass, you know, we appreciate yeah. it so much.
0: It helps more than, more than, you know, so thank you so much for uh, absolutely supporting us.
1: Yes. Couldn't, wouldn't be here without you guys. Nope. So. I guess on that note, we'll move on. Would you like to hit the button for the first time?
0: Oh, my goodness. Here goes. Don't mess up. The open segment.
1: All right. So this is going to be the open segment where we just kind of chit chat for a few minutes about things that have been going on. We're, you know, going to see what happens with it. Yeah. So... If you are on YouTube, you see me like in an awkward position, kind of looking right now. I have got poison ivy.
0: <laughs>
1: I have had poison ivy for over two weeks now.
0: Where did you get poison ivy? I, like, I was where pl- were you?
1: Playing disc golf. I was playing disc golf at a park near my house and threw a disc deep in the uh, apparently poison ivy infested woods. <laughs> I was wearing shorts and short socks, and it was my favorite disc. So you had to go get it. I not even that. I proceeded to tromp around in there for about 20 minutes and didn't find it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, somebody else found it and they called me back. Anyway, I've been living with this for 2 weeks now. I even had a doctor's appointment for something else and ended up asking the doc, "Hey, can you give me prescribe me something for this?" And she's like, "Yeah, I got, you know, I got a cream I can prescribe you. It's no big deal." I've been putting the cream on and everything, and it's still Stop not going. Away. It's because I'm scratching it and spreading it to the <laughs> point where, uh, and this might be TMI for anybody that doesn't want to know, but I have spreaded it, spreaded,
0: spreaded spread
1: it. it to my nutsack. Jesus Christ! So I have poison ivy on my balls, and that's not fun, fellas. It's not fun at all.
0: Well, uh, lesson to be learned: don't scratch. And
1: uh, you say it. I continue scratching. Yeah,
0: stop, stop. <sighs> oh,
1: if if I looked funny last week on the on the YouTube, that's why I'm scratching my poison ivy. It's all over, all over my legs. That like is The lower horrible. part of my legs, and now other areas. I've got it on the side of my neck too. I think I even got it on my head.
0: You gotta stop scratching. Like we need to like put oven mitts around your hands. And like oh man, them I'm on. so
1: glad I got chicken pot. I like got the vaccine or got chicken pox when i was little i would not handle that well Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -mm. i've been dealing with that all week
0: um i mean compared to that i don't (laughs) i don't have anything um really interesting at all um i yeah i honestly uh
1: you live a boring life it's okay i I really do live a boring life i normally do too i ended Uh, up ended up at top golf last night. They just built a new one over here in Charlotte and mm-hmm. ended up there with some friends um the first Saturday I've had off And, Uh I think I I think I've worked four out of the last five Saturdays. I think I had one Saturday off in there. Um and it took me I haven't picked up a golf club. I used to play golf a ton. I was never the greatest at it, but I was decent. Anyway, um Hadn't picked up a club in over two years, and it took me half of the first game. It took me about ten golf balls to get my swing back, but then I was crushing them. Not to toot my own horn, but I was hitting a lot. Like if you've ever been to Top Golf, you know that the net is the the end of the net is two ten. You get a chunk of points if you hit the end of the net, and I was regularly getting it to the end of the net. So. Very toot, impressive. Toot my own horn there.
0: Very impressive.
1: Now I'm going to the driving range one day this week.
0: We are all proud of you.
1: Yes, we need to go play golf one day.
0: Yeah, we do. do I, you have the clubs here. Yeah. You do? Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Um, I have been playing golf since third grade. Um, my dad ended up getting me like private lessons and everything. Damn. And I still am the worst golf player you'll ever meet. So.
1: Oh, I can change that. Oh, I highly doubt it. Oh, I one hundred. Well, I don't know. You did have private lessons.
0: <laughs> like, uh, yeah, master couldn't couldn't uh, help me. I don't know,
1: master. <laughs> they make it sound like he's a master swordsman <laughs> or something. That's hilarious.
0: Um, I am left-handed. Um, and I golf left-handed, so I use left-handed clubs. And trying to, like, I don't know, everything I do is opposite of what a right hand person, right-handed person does. So it's what is
1: what is your issue when you golf?
0: Uh, well, one of my big, my biggest issue is I can't keep my arm straight. I bend it.
1: Yeah. I was just about to say, just keep your,
0: yep. That's my biggest issue is
1: in your, for you, it's going to be your right arm, but for me, it's my left.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's my biggest issue is I can't keep my freaking arm straight. My dad says I hit the golf ball like I'm hitting a baseball.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's, (laughs) uh, that honestly, yesterday, I told, I said it took about 10 balls for me to figure out what exactly I was doing wrong. That's what I was doing. And when I was coming back, I was bending my elbow. Yep. Doing, doing that.
0: Yep. That's exactly.
1: Uh, Well, then I bet you hook a lot.
0: You think? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I can straighten it out. You just got to be, you know what to do, apparently. I so. do know what to do. So just do it.
0: Doing it is the hard part. Nike. <laughs> don't sue us.
1: <laughs> yeah, please don't. We we don't have any money. <laughs> we don't well, we don't have much money. Anyway, um, um
0: I played well, I dm'd D D last night. Yeah, um, how'd that go? Really well. Uh it was a fun session where everyone made fun of me. Oh, um, lovely. So I can do approximately two um Accents. Voices. Okay. I can do really bad Russian.
1: I've heard that one. We've heard that on the podcast before.
0: And then I can do... And I can't do it unless I've had alcohol and we haven't had any yet. I can do a very, very stereotypical southern plantation owner.
1: I think I've heard that one before too.
0: You might have. You might have. But that's the only two things I can do. And so... I made this Dwarven queen sound like...
1: Southern plantation owner?
0: Sound like Blanche from the Golden Girls.
1: Just Lost on me.
0: Well, those of you who get it, you get it. Okay. Either way.
1: If you know, you know. Yep. Well, all right then. That's uh, I'm glad that it went well. Nothing crazy like the last time I played.
0: <laughs> one day where we'll...
1: Where we all ended up stuck together because of one turd amongst us
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> all I'm to, gonna say on that. We have to share that story maybe next time. That's a yeah. story in itself.
1: But well I reckon we have been on here about fourteen minutes now so that's probably good enough. People are probably tired of hearing this shit. Yeah. So,
0: all right let's move on to the dose.
1: give us give us feedback if you like the open segment. If you didn't like it, let us know. Yeah. Like I said everybody's scratching. Uh, everybody <laughs> voted Yes, so we're trying it.
0: Yeah, definitely let us know if you don't like it. Don't just stop listening. Just tell us you don't like it, please. And then
1: we'll respond accordingly. Yes. And if enough people don't like it, get rid of it. Yep. So, onward.
0: Opening the bottle.
1: Almost just hit my chair over there.
0: (laughs) Uh. This week we are drinking a very requested whiskey or a scotch really. Um and we've had quite a few people talk to us about Monkey Shoulder. So Monkey Shoulder is a blended scotch or a blended malt. It's apparently worded very weird according to this website I'm reading. Um Let's see what their history is like, if I can pull it up.
1: In the meantime.
0: He is going to smell. I am okay. going
1: to smell. There we go. In
0: 1886, William Grant invested his entire life savings into opening the Glen Fittich Distillery in Dufftown, Scotland, to make Scotch whiskey. He had been working at the Morlock Distillery, but dreamed of opening his own facility one day. The first whiskey was successfully run through their stills on Christmas Day, 1887, and the successful business was launched, selling to distributors who combined their product with that of other distilleries to make blends that were popular in those days. The business was successful enough that five years later, in 1891, William Grant purchased the nearby Balvenie, Balvenie Distillery and began creating his own blends thus launching their own brand of spirits nearly a century later in 1990 the Kinnan V distillery would finally join the three distilleries and become like the mix that they use today the company remains privately held and family run holding their own against the giants um monkey shoulder the brand was developed in 2005 to serve as a perceived demand for fun yet premium Scotch whiskey spirits. So that's a little bit about Monkey Shoulder and the three distilleries that make up uh, Monkey Shoulder. So you've been smelling it, Tyler. What do you think?
1: Um, it's very. For me, the overpowering no—it's hard to put a smell. I've smelt it before on other whiskies. Okay, it's got some sweetness, but it's not like an over overly sweet smell, like a vanilla. Um, maybe maybe a soft nougat okay. smell to it, but I would say the overwhelming smell is uh grain, some type of grain, and I and for whatever reason yeah. corn. Sticks out to me, but I know it's not corn. It's a Scotch whiskey. It's not made out of corn.
0: So it smells.
1: I just think my grain goes to corn. Calibration is off. Yeah, (laughs) it it could just be like cereal grain or
0: it. And this is going to sound weird, but it smells very beer like to me. Um, I don't know why. There's.
1: It smells bready. That's the what I. That's yeah. It smells bready.
0: Yeah, beery, bready. It's, yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe it's maybe it's like a wheat. Yeah, kind of smell. Uh, it it's a grainy smell. Yeah, the best way I can describe it is bready.
0: Yeah, bready. I like that. I'm I would agree with that. That's what I'm I'm smelling.
1: There's um, absolutely zero burn your nose hairs. No, like I just got just the faintest.
0: Yeah, no, like I burn. I can stick my own tired, like face in there and like inhale as deep as I can and I'm not getting anything.
1: I get just a little burn if I do that, but nothing. It's not clearing my sinuses.
0: No, not at all. Um, This is... Oh, and um, I forgot to mention that I was also smelling citrus of some sort where you were getting nougat. I was getting...
1: Yeah, I can see there's a hint of citrus in there.
0: I don't know what kind of citrus it is, but a citrus is there. All right, we are supposed Supposed to be smelling, if da, 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 da. crisp, clear, malty grains, almost beery. Wow. Touch of lemon, no nose tickle or heavy scents of oak, just lightly sweet and round. After a rest in the glass, there is a layer of vanilla.
1: That sounds like we hit it pretty, pretty spot on the nose there.
0: Maybe we're kind of getting used to this, good at this.
1: 43 different whiskeys later.
0: We're starting to get it. Kind of, sometimes. Maybe All we right. got lucky. Have you tried it yet? Oh, trying it now. Um, out of the scotches we've done, uh, they're the very worst whiskey we've had has oh, been a scotch, yes. and the what I consider the probably the very best whiskey we've had has been a scotch. So there is a very long chain between I, scotches.
1: I think our year in special this year is going to be a hell of a battle because mm-hmm. we have had some. Very good whiskeys this year. I will say similar. I believe it was last week where we had a whiskey that it started tasting one way and then it took a completely different route from the mid notes on. It was either last week or the week before. I can't remember off the top of my head. That's how I would describe this one. It started one profile and went somewhere different. Um, It's not the, the, I took one sip while Megan just took a few. And the thing I noticed is there's very little burn um and it's a very very subtle burn. Yes. Uh, lingering.
0: Yes. Um I am getting that ashy peaty taste in the aftertaste.
1: Very Um yeah, it's not overpowering for me though.
0: It's not overpowering, but it's It's there. It's there. Um and that I'm not a big fan of like the peat.
1: I got a little taste, little sweetness so. on the maybe a little bit of that citrus and a little sweetness on the tip of my tongue and then a little bit more sweetness on the back end maybe vanilla um but the overwhelming flavor at the mid to to finish is that and, and for me it kind of it's that um kind of peaty smoky flavor but it 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 really goes away pretty fast yes. from the mid and then it just leaves that very very low burn and I know, I know we've said this a lot lately with several whiskeys that we've drank, but this is like, this burn is, it's not overpowering, but it's lingering. So it's something that I would like to have in the wintertime. Yeah. It is so far. It's something like when I go out in my garage and, or sit out on the porch and put my little heater on and have a cigar and a whiskey, that's what. You know, I think that would be ideal.
0: Um, So the flavors I'm getting, um, other than that, that like peat finish, the initial like hit on the tongue is definitely like a real quick flash of something sweet or sugary. Mm -hmm. Um, The mid for me is very sour. Um, It's like a warhead or like licking a lemon. I'm getting, it's, it's making like my mouth pucker anytime I'm like hitting that mid and I don't know why. Um, but it's it's definitely like a lemony war heady sourness there. Um that it just it makes my cheeks hurt.
1: I'm not really getting maybe maybe if I really try, I can get a little bit of lemon out of that, but it's not bitter. It's overwhelming in the mid to me the smokiness. And it's it's a smooth smoky. I don't want it to come. It's not Wolfburn cigarette <laughs> it's ashtray. It's not licking an ashtray. Yeah, it's not ashtray water. It's, you know, it's smooth. It's good. It's enjoyable. Whereas Wolfburn, you know, sometimes you go to like a party and somebody has a bottle of water and they leave about that much water in the bottom and put their cigarette in there. Ugh. That's what Wolfburn tastes like you were drinking. <laughs>
0: yeah, it did. This does not
1: taste like that. This is actually it good. It's enjoyable.
0: Yes, it's so far enjoyable. I'm, I'm going to see how it goes the rest of the night. Um, we are supposed to be tasting lemon peel with caramel, um, a slight burn that passes quickly, leaving nougat and mineral water.
1: The hell does mineral water taste like water? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's kind of where I, I was like um maybe they mean like um I okay I don't know
1: yeah I have no I don't know I don't know what they, mean, know what by they mean by water. that who knows
0: uh the finish is short supposedly
1: yeah I would say the finish was very short it was I that it, it, it the only thing that lingered was the burn but it was yeah. very very like on a scale a of one mild. to ten it was like a one one and a yeah, half it was a
0: very mild burn
1: yeah. I get more burn from this Cherry Coke Zero.
0: Well, that's because Coke is extremely acidic. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, I guess we're going to see what happens as we continue on. Uh, Tyler, is there anything else you want to say? No. Okay, then let's do... It's time... For the Wonder Segment.
1: I'm not used to you hitting the buttons.
0: I know, right?
1: That was, I think the one you hit earlier was the first time you've hit one of the drops. Usually I handle all that. Yeah, you do. Round of applause.
0: You you created a monster.
1: I did. All right. (laughs) I I can live with it. Um, All right. So.
0: It's your week. What are you doing? It
1: is my week. And I have a, a running list of topics. When I think of them, I jot them down on this list. And this is one that I have actually had on the list for quite a while. And it might have come actually from a listener. I I honestly don't remember where this came from. I, it either came from a listener or it was something I stumbled on um, one just randomly one day. But I started researching this a long time ago. And I found the topic to be very short. And it didn't feel like I could make a whole episode out of it until I got started today. And I found a way to tie something different into it that made it worthy of a full-length episode. Uh, It's still a smidge shorter than I would like it to be, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, I'm going to teach you about the Great Smog of
0: London. Okay. Interesting.
1: Also, before we get too far started on this, I would like to... uh, point out that it is, it is Olympic time. The Olympics are ongoing. Yes, they are. And normally I would have probably done something on the Olympics just to kind of try and line that up. I know a lot of people are into it, but frankly, I'm just not that interested in the Olympics. I haven't, I've never been. It's not huge for me, but if you do want to learn something about the Olympics, check out episode numero uno.
0: Our very first episode where I covered the uh, Olympic marathon of 1904. Yes. And, oh, my my, my goodness, it was a doozy.
1: If you're a new listener and you do want to listen, check out something Olympics-related, that is a great episode, and I'm still a fan of that guy. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) back to the great smog of London. All right, so on December 5th, 1952, the citizens of London awoke to a normal morning of your typical English weather. Uh, I'm sorry, typical English, winter English weather. Okay. Short cold days with temperatures normally ranging in the teens at night to the 50s, sometimes high 50s during the day. During the winter, the rain can be plentiful, but snow rarely falls due to the high latitude. Uh, This particular morning... Just happened to fall during the middle of an unusually intense cold snap, and as most of us typically would, the citizens of London awoke and began igniting their coal fireplaces to warm their homes and businesses. As was typical for London's chilly and often misty climate, a fog soon began to form and it quickly enveloped the entire city.
0: Spooky. Ooh.
1: Over the span of a few hours, however, quickly turned into yellow-brown smog <laughs> as soot from the chimneys poured into the atmosphere. Since coal was being burned, let's actually talk a little bit about the types of coal and the quality of it that was being used in 1952's London.
0: I didn't realize there were different types of coal.
1: That's right. <laughs> I'm going to sneak some geology into this one. <laughs> I told you I found a way to <laughs> extend this one out to a full <laughs> episode.
0: Well... I thought coal was coal,
1: so... No, it is not. So, to start with, there are several types of coal. It is not the same. I figure most people had that. It's typically broken into four, sometimes five, depending on who you ask. Four different types based on the carbon content of the coal. Uh, It's determined... The type of coal that you have is determined by the amount of heat and pressure that was active on the coal over a set amount of time. So... Before we get too far into it, let's just jump back, start at the beginning and answer the question of what is coal and what where and what does it come from? Any idea?
0: Um, coal is a rock or mineral, whatever the multi multi things pushed together are. I'm assuming it's mined. I don't know. Oh, well,
1: yes, coal is mined.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It, I feel like I'm wrong.
1: To put it simply, Coal is a sedimentary rock that is brown or black and is composed of primarily carbon and hydrocarbons. Despite it being classified as a sedimentary rock, it actually starts its life as dead plants and is metamorphosed over time into higher grades of coal through the process of coalification.
0: It evolves like a Pokemon.
1: I did not make up the word coalification. I just want to make that very clear. (laughs) Um... So there are three types of rocks. There's igneous, sedimentary, and metamorphic. And realistically, coal is classified as a sedimentary rock. I don't even think it should be classified as a rock, personally. But it should be more metamorphic than anything. Metamorphic is when a rock is exposed to heat and pressure and changes slightly, which is what coal does. But anyway, so what are these four or five types of coal and how do they form? The first step in the process is peat. You may or may not have heard of peat.
0: I taste peat right now.
1: Exactly. <laughs> peat is typically used in scotch. Burning the... or um, When they malt the grain, I think they use peat fires. Or they roast the grain over peat fires or something. Go check out the All About Whiskey episode, and I touch on it a little more there. Um. So peat is actually... Technically not coal, but as I said, some people include it as the fifth form of coal, so I went ahead and included it here.
0: I would say peat tastes coal-y.
1: It tastes coal-y, but it's not coal. Okay. As mentioned, the process starts from dead plants, and the amount of pressure, heat, and time are all variables that determine what type of coal forms. You can even say there's a simple formula to make coal, which is dead plants plus heat plus Pressure plus time equals coal. Not really that hard. In wetland areas or bogs, plants die. The organic matter piles up under the water. Mm -hmm. In order to actually turn it into coal, it's got to be protected from biodegradation and oxidation, which naturally breaks down the organic material. Typically, that comes from mud or mud piling on top of the organic material or very acidic water where where the bacteria can't live that would break it down.
0: Is that why dead bodies decay stranger in water than on land?
1: Um, str- what do you mean stranger?
0: I can't, now that I'm like actually talking, I can't remember if bodies decay faster in water or slower. It's one of the two. I think depends,
1: it depends on the water source. Usually it's probably going to decay faster. I don't know. That's a that's a great question I actually. Faster.
0: I listen to a lot of murder stuff.
1: That's a great question.
0: Murder. Okay, let's go.
1: Um so uh as mud and sediment settle and pile on top of this plant matter, it's protected from the from decomposition and the pressure on it. Think about the pressure of gravity and then the weight of the water and then the new mud. It's all pushing down on this coal or this leaf organic matter. This results in a loose soil-like accumulation of plant material, and this is called peat. Technically, it's not coal because it's not unified. It's it's very soil-like. Is
0: it like a dust? Like a,
1: No, it's like, like soil. It's like, think about plants that are compacted to be really close together. Mm-hmm but you can still take your hands and just kind of mush it apart like soil.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's that's, that's basically literally what peat is. It's not coagulated. It's not solid. Okay. It's, it's very.
0: Okay. Then I would agree. Peat yeah. is not a rock.
1: It's not a rock. Yes. Um, Peat is used for energy in places like Scotland and Finland where it's abundant uh, and it's actually being created. Have you ever heard of the peat bogs in Scotland? Yeah. yeah. That's they're they're areas. making yeah, peat. They're making peat. Interesting.
0: Um, I see you, Scotland, and your scotches.
1: Yeah, peat is very inefficient, and it contains less than sixty percent carbon and more than seventy-five percent moisture. So let's not,
0: all go solar.
1: Not ideal. I thought about doing a topic. Not this time, but maybe in the future on the different forms of energy and why.
0: I think that's brilliant.
1: Each one, uh, your dad recommended it a long time ago, long time and I ago. have it's still on in my noggin. Pop across. I'm still waiting for the right moment to do it.
0: I'm very um, interested in that one. Sorry.
1: No, you're fine. It's just no. That one's coming one day, y'all. So the next step in the formation process is lignite.
0: That sounds like a Pokemon.
1: <laughs> yes, it does.
0: Ignite, um, I choose you.
1: What would his finishing move be?
0: I don't know. Is he a ground type? Rock type?
1: I was thinking fire type.
0: Well, what yeah. if it's a rock fire type? Oh. Or what if it's a ground rock fire type? I don't think you can have three types. Oh. Can you? I don't think so.
1: Uh, I don't know. I thought there were some new ones you could. Anyway, that'd be a cool Pokemon. Maybe he could learn fire-type moves. It'd be a ground and a...
0: A ground rock. That ground could,
1: rock that could learn fire-type fire. moves, like flamethrower.
0: That's, that's pretty cool.
1: And ember and stuff. I like that. Yeah, we just created a Pokemon. <laughs> Come on, Nintendo, or whoever owns Pokemon.
0: <laughs> Nintendo, you were right.
1: Okay. I don't know how I knew that. Anyway, the next step in the process is the formation of Lignite. It's known as brown coal because, as you can guess, it's black. No, it's really... You're fucking It's it's brown. It's brown.
0: (laughs) I believed you for a second. I was like, wait, really?
1: Yeah, it sounds like some bullshit some asshole in 17-something would do. Uh, So lignite occurs when peat is, as you would guess, subjected to more heat and more pressure, which results in a solidified hard material. This is the first official form of coal. However, lignite will crumble when it's exposed to air, meaning that it loses a lot of value as a fuel and creates more exhaust when burned, more soot, more particulate matter, more, I don't necessarily want to say pollution, more of, just more soot. Um, Because of this, because it's sensitive to air, lignite must be stored properly and cannot be transported long distances. Most lignite deposits are considered to be geologically young, having formed within the last 251 million years. Geologically, that's young. And they're found close to Earth's surface, but can extend to 100 feet thick. It's made up typically of 25 to 30% carbon and up to 75% moisture. And it results in a low energy content. I think I misspoke earlier. I don't think peat. I said peat was 60% carbon. I think I mistyped that. I think it was supposed to be 20% carbon. Um, anyway, lignite can also contain, uh, I said lignite's made up of 25 to 30% carbon and up to 75% moisture, which has results in a low energy content. Lignite can also contain up to 7% sulfur, which is a relatively high amount. When high sulfur coal is burned, it can release SO2 into the atmosphere and SO2 is a key component of smog and the leading cause of acid rain. Lignite is mainly used very close to where it's mined or when other more efficient fuels are not available. Like I said, it doesn't stand up well to air and doesn't transport well because of that. In the U.S., most of our lignite deposits are located in North Dakota and Texas with 92% of all U.S. mined lignite coming from those two states. So that's a little bit about lignite. We're going to add a little more heat, a little more pressure, and we come to the second form of coal, subbituminous, or black ignite.
0: Is this what powers trains?
1: Well, trains are powered on fuel now, gas. I meant definitely. old time old trains. God. No. no. It's estimated that subbituminous and lignite make up almost half of the world's known coal reserves. Subbituminous coal is black in color, more compacted than lignite, and has a dull luster. Similar to lignite, it also crumbles when exposed to air, but not as badly as lignite, and it contains significantly less water at only 10 to
0: 25%. That is a lot
1: less. Yes. This allows subbituminous coal to easily be transported long distances. The carbon content of subbituminous is 35 to 45 percent. And although it's less carbon than some other types of coal, its sulfur content is very low, sometimes as low as 1 percent by weight, which results in cleaner emissions when burned for fuel. It's made up of a. Uh, I'm sorry, subbituminous coal made up around 44 percent of the total U.S. coal production in 2019 with approximately 97% of the production coming from two states, Wyoming and Montana. Typically, these are found more out west. Subbituminous is still considered relatively young, having also formed within the last 251 million years. And you may be curious, you're sitting there like, wait a minute, you said the same thing about lignite, same time period. What the hell? So actually, the main... Influential factors on the uh, rank of coal are actually heat and pressure. Time doesn't have as much of an influence on the process. Okay. Theoretically, you could take any type of coal, you could create any type of coal instantaneously with the right combination heat of pressure. heat and pressure. So time is like a secondary factor. Okay. Neat though. Um, it just sometimes takes a lot of time to create that pressure. That
0: pressure. pressure. Yeah. yeah.
1: And to get it deep enough in the Earth's
0: But if there was an crust, artificial way to do it, you
1: could. You could do it like that. You just got to line up, you know, graph out the right, figure out what the right temperature and, and pressure would be.
0: That's why we have engineers.
1: Exactly. And chemists and scientists. Yes. STEM. <laughs> if you take bituminous and, again, add more heat and pressure, you'll create bituminous coal. This is what trains ran off of. This is the second highest grade of coal, and unlike the previous three examples, this is completely solidified and does not crumble when exposed to air. Despite this, it's still known as soft coal. In the US, most bituminous coal ranges between 100 and 300 million years old and can be found in 19 different states, but West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, and Indiana all combined to produce 75% of the total US bituminous coal production. This type is typically used in generating electricity and in the iron and steel industries, and in up until the 1960s in powering steam locomotives. I'm not going to get, I'm sorry. Uh, The US classifies bituminous into three separate categories and then further divides one of those categories into, so that there's a total of five categories, And it's all based on carbon content and how much energy is produced. And I'm just not going to get too deep into that. We're going to keep this simple. Okay. Um, But suffice to say that high volatile bituminous is the lowest rank of coal of bituminous coal followed by medium and low volatile, which which is the highest.
0: I already have a question and I, I feel like you're going to answer it. Okay. But just in case you don't, I want to go ahead and mention it. Um, why were trains powered by the second level coal and not the not the best coal on the market?
1: Uh I actually didn't answer that. I didn't even have the train thing in here. I just threw oh, that. I ad-libbed you that. You love trains. I do, but I ad-libbed that because I don't really like steam trains. They were around long before I came around. Anyway, um probably the abundance cost
0: All right. I that, guess I get oh, that. makes sense. That would be. Money makes the world go round.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And railroads in that time are going bankrupt left and right.
0: I can't so. believe you don't like steam trains. I'm so disappointed in you.
1: Sorry. Didn't grow up with them.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so, Bituminous has the largest range of carbon content. content. It can range from 45% to 86% carbon. It also contains the tar-like substance, bitumen, which is found in petroleum. The sulfur content in bituminous coal can be up to 7%, making it also fairly harmful to burn. And finally, we come to the mac daddy of coal, anthracite.
0: It's another Pokemon.
1: Is it really a Pokemon?
0: No, it just sounds like anthracite. Like, these are like Pokemon names.
1: Lignite evolves into Bituminous, which evolves into Anthracite.
0: Yeah. Look. You we just... just
1: created an entire Pokemon evolution chain.
0: There you go. Hey, Nintendo. <laughs> I bet we could draw it. Let's figure out a way to make we, it look. We,
1: you could draw. I, I'll make the noises for it.
0: Okay. There you go. Yeah. We got this.
1: Um, Anthracite contains 86 to 97% carbon and is also known as hard coal. It has the highest heating value of all types of coal and accounts for less than 1% of all the coal mined in the U.S.
0: Makes sense why trains didn't run on it.
1: Yeah. It's very... uh, Yeah, pretty much. What's the point of it? It's very efficient. It's very efficient, and I'll get into a little bit more of the point of it here shortly. Okay. The moisture content is very low, as is the sulfur content, Moisture levels are typically around 5 to 15%, and sulfur is typically around 1%. And this is all by weight percentages here. Inside the U.S., anthracite can only be found in northeastern Pennsylvania and is mainly used in the steel industry. Anthracite has a shiny luster and is denser than bituminous coal. Chemically... Anthracite is the transition phase between bituminous coal and graphite. Graphite, for reference, if you don't know, is pure carbon. Just
0: That's what pencil lead is, right?
1: It's mixed with other things, but yes, it's made of graphite. Graphite is just pure. If you ever get a specimen of pure graphite, which I've held, and it's actually a solid lubricant. It's really weird. It's it's almost like it's slimy.
0: Oh, um, that's so cool. Yeah.
1: If you you can buy it because my job uses it for like locks instead of spraying it with WD-40. You put some graphite in it and it lubricates what? the lock. Um So yeah, chemically it is the transition from coal from bituminous to graphite, which is why it's shinier and has you know, more of a sheen than bituminous. Uh, if you continue down that path, you go from bituminous to anthracite to graphite, and you ultimately, if you put enough heat and pressure, will end up with diamond. What you got is there? That is that
0: a graphite ingot? Uh,
1: yeah, it looks. Okay.
0: Uh, that looks graphite. like a
1: graphite ingot.
0: Graphite ingot is on Amazon for nine ninety nine.
1: <laughs> and you can take that and you can write like chalk. It writes just like a pencil. That's so cool. Yeah.
0: I want to um, feel it. It's slimy.
1: So like I said, if you follow the path of adding heat and pressure, you'll go from bituminous, anthracite, anthracite to graphite, graphite. Eventually you'll end up with diamonds because diamonds are also just carbon. Fun fact, the difference between diamond And carbon is just the way that the molecules are arranged. Diamond, the chemical structure... uh, Let me get back to my notes here. Uh, Where was I? With different, stronger chemical bonds between the atoms than graphite. The chemical structure is why graphite breaks easily, and diamonds are one of the hardest substances. Um, It changes, and it makes the bonds... One of the most secure bonds, whereas when they're graphite, they're a hexagonal shape and it's a very weak bond, so it breaks easily. Hmm. Anyway, more heat and pressure changes the elemental, the molecular structure. That's what the word I'm looking for. So with all that being said, if graphite's just pure carbon, why are we not burning it instead of coal? Same with diamonds.
0: Well, diamonds, because of their hard structure, they can't burn, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It's pure carbon. It'll you burn. You can
0: burn a diamond? You can burn a diamond. Like if you toss a diamond ring in the fire, it just, no more diamond?
1: Without the hydrogen atoms, uh, I'm sorry, without the hydrogen atoms bonded, because you always hear hydrocarbons, carbon doesn't ignite below 400 degrees Celsius, which is hot. 752 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. Yeah.
0: Fire does not get that hot normally. You have to you make have it to, special. They, yeah.
1: Um, I actually really tried tried really hard. I looked for like 30 minutes on this, uh, trying to find the amount of energy released from burning graphite or diamond so that you could compare it to the energy released from burning coal to see if it was worth it. But I couldn't find any information on how much energy burning graphite releases. So I'm assuming that it's not used because of the high ignition temperature and it's not.
0: Worth it. Worth
1: right? it. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we've learned a little bit about coal, let's get back to London in 1952. Talk about the weather that created the other half of this mess. So I'm getting both my, both my wannabe degrees from college. I got the <laughs> geology degree. I didn't finish the meteorology one. So let's talk about the weather now. And I'll do that An anti-cyclone or a high-pressure weather system, had settled over the area and had created a temperature inversion. Now, we all know that in the troposphere, which is the layer of the atmosphere that's closest to the Earth's surface, as you increase in elevation, temperature decreases. If You climb a mountain, it's going to be colder at the top. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. 99 times out of 100, probably. When an inversion occurs, a layer of warm air traps a layer of cool air at the surface. And this is exactly what happened in London during this time. Once you get to the stratosphere, however, there's another inversion. And instead of the temperature decreasing with altitude, it increases with altitude.
0: Is that why spacecraft like burns coming back in?
1: Uh, No, that's just the friction of the atmosphere. Okay. And the speed that they're at. Um, no, but have you ever looked at a thunderstorm and you see how it kind of poofs out? Yeah. Instead of just continues to rise? Yeah. That's why.
0: Oh. The
1: air can no longer rise. It's hit that inversion where, because obviously heat rises, it's hotter above that. So the air so starts can't. to sink.
0: Oh.
1: And that's what ultimately in a thunderstorm's life cycle, you have air rising upward until you hit that point. It cools and starts to sink. And when the updraft in a thunderstorm is overtaken by the downdraft, that's when the storm's life cycle peaks and it starts to die.
0: Huh.
1: In the fun fact, in the um, Great Plains, the reason they have such severe thunderstorms is because that these thunderstorms will go for days is because in, your typical thunderstorm is shaped like a shaped like a T
0: mm-hmm.
1: and your updraft goes up. Yeah. And then downdraft straight down. They cancel each other out. On the planes, the T is tilted. Oh. So your updraft comes in like this, and your downdraft goes straight down. So they don't cancel each other out. It's tilted like this. The updraft comes in at an angle. The downdraft goes straight down, and that allows fuel to just keep feeding into the storm. Oh. And that's why those storms are... Nifty. That's part of why they have such bad, severe weather in the Great Plains. Anyway... Once you get to the tropopause, which is the top of the troposphere, uh, and start in the stratosphere, there's an inversion, and temperature begins to increase with altitude again. When you combine the two phenomena, basically what happens is a lid of warm air traps this cold air right here at the surface. Obviously, the warm air has risen as high as it can. Warm air rises. It ain't going to sink until it cools, and it just sits there. The cold air is filled in below. It's not going anywhere. In addition to all this, wind occurs when air flows outward from a high-pressure system and into a low system. High-pressure system is always clockwise, and low-pressure system is always counterclockwise. So a hurricane is an exceptionally low-pressure system. So they'll always spin counterclockwise. Basically, in layman terms, when all these factors occur at once, you get a really calm day with little air movement upward, downward, or across the surface of the earth. So, how does this all tie together? After World War II, Britain was exporting most of its anthracite and other valuable coals to help pay off its debt from the war. This resulted in the burning of lignite by British citizens. And when combined with this cold snap and no air moving, you have the recipe for disgusting air, smog, and pollution. Gross. Mass burning of lignite coal and automobile emissions created a smog by that afternoon, uh, December 5th, 1952, unlike any fog that London had ever seen. As I mentioned it was a very yellowish brown and was beyond thick. Visibility was reduced to a few feet at best and driving became impossible. There are even some reports that say some citizen, or that say citizens were unable to see their feet.
0: God. No.
1: Yes. Most transportation was shut down including boats on the river is it Thames 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 River Thames I think. The only transportation op- option that remained was the underground. They even shut down the ambulance service. Oh no. Because the smog was so thick.
0: They couldn't see anything. Nobody could
1: see anything. Oh, you had to you God. had to get yourself to the hospital. Uh the smog was so thick that it began seeping indoors. Oh. Canceling many entertainments event in many entertainment events such as, and I know this is not indoor, but outdoor sporting events and then indoor events like concerts and movie theaters stopped showing movies because they couldn't see the the movie.
0: Oh my God, that's disgusting.
1: Since the smog was so thick that no one was driving, there was also no moving traffic to help thin the air either. No cars create breezes. Because of that, Particles started settling, and a slimy black ooze started coating the sidewalks.
0: It's disgusting.
1: People were literally blindly shuffling around, feeling for curbs and cracks, one foot at a time, trying not to slip and slide and fall down, often returning home, looking like they had just worked a day inside a coal mine. And naturally, people are shit, so looting, burglaries and purse snatchings all increased during this time because it was easy to disappear into the darkness.
0: Yeah, but how would they see the pur- lady with the purse? Good hearing. <laughs>
1: I don't know. <laughs> um, at night things were even worse.
0: Oh yeah. Because no.
1: the city used incandescent bulbs in its street lights and it didn't produce a strong enough light, so no light Could from get through. The, no light was piercing it.
0: That's terrifying.
1: So these conditions Lasted for four days from December 5th to December 9th, when finally the weather changed and the smog quickly dispersed when wind did finally pick back up. The Great Smog is thought to be, mm, excuse me, whiskey burps. The Great Smog is thought to be the worst air pollution event in the history of the United Kingdom, and it resulted in significant changes to regulation public awareness, and environmental research of air quality and its relationship to human health. Honestly, at first, the magnitude of the death wasn't even realized. Some reports had uh, fog, since fog was so common in London, they didn't realize that they had an issue on their hands until undertakers started running out of coffins. And then people started realizing, oh, this is a serious issue that's killing people. This is very bad. Killing a lot of people. Oh my God. It was originally thought that up to 4,000 people died from the event, with 100,000 more being made ill from the effects. Most people that were killed were either very young, very old, or had pre existing respiratory problems. However, research that was done in 2004 suggests that the amount of deaths attributed to the smog was closer to 10,000 to 12,000. Due to high mortality rates for over a year after the smog had dispersed. At the time, many of these deaths that occurred afterward were attributed to influenza. However, it appears they were actually from bronchopneumonia and acute purulent bronchitis.
0: Getting that shit in your lungs.
1: Yep. Animals were also affected. Birds were flying into buildings. Cattle were choking to death, which resulted in people making homemade gas masks for their cows. Afterward, in 1956, Parliament passed the Clean Air Act, which restricted the burning of coal in urban areas, and it allowed for local councils to set up smoke-free zones. The city also began working to switch its primary heating source away from coal, but ultimately that took many years to take effect, and they had multiple smaller smog events that occurred, but none were ever near the scale of the Great London Smog of 1952.
0: Oh my goodness gracious. That is terrifying.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Um, Oh my God, just breathing that in. I can't.
1: I saw one thing that mentioned masks and how some there were very few people that were able to get masks because you basically had to know a chemist <laughs> to get a uh mask that would protect you but yeah that was you were just mm. there to breathe it in and apparently it was uh it was very bad on smokers which was very common especially among men of the 1950s So other than that, that's all I have on it. Like I said, I had to kind of, it was a short topic, so I had to put in some information on coal and why the coal.
0: I definitely learned a lot. I had no idea really anything you talked about today.
1: I I just kind of sandwiched a couple things together there to make this a full episode.
0: That was neat. I actually really enjoyed it.
1: Well, I'm glad. I hope everybody out there uh, enjoyed it. Um, I guess we're going to move on. Let me pull my schedule back up here. And we're going to move into this one.
0: Trivia with Tyler.
1: Now, as you guys know, if you're a new listener, you're about to find out. We do this Trivia with Tyler segment every week. Uh, And and we also, the wonder segment, we have the other person, whoever's not presenting, has no idea what the topic's going to be.
0: No, we don't know what the other person is doing until we're sitting here recording.
1: Yeah, we're just as surprised. learn when we learn. Yeah, you're just as surprised. So I I mentioned to Megan earlier um, that my Tyler nugget today is a little morbid. And then she goes, oh, no, is your topic morbid too? (laughs) So, was my topic morbid? I don't think it was, but...
0: I mean, you... Kinda? You, like, glanced... <laughs> you, like, skidded over the morbidness. Okay.
1: You, I, like, I like grazed it as I... Yeah. Curved curved past... Okay. Yeah, like, overall, realize.
0: that topic is an incredibly morbid topic because of its after effects. But yeah. you kind of, like, the after effects were like, ching, all right, we're done.
1: Yeah. So, uh, there just wasn't that much information yeah. on them, so... Um, All right, so today's little Tyler Nugget. Veterinarians kill themselves at at rates of two and a half to three and a half times the general population, due in part to online trolling and threats from pet owners who blame them for the death of a pet and the fact that they have access to, easy access to lethal medicines.
0: That is very sad. That is sad. And I did know that um, actually from reading uh, mystery novels that's happened in some of the mystery novels I've read.
1: Well, <laughs> on that note,
0: uh, I'm yeah. glad I
1: didn't spoil anything this week. <laughs> I do uh, want to know what uh, what did Houston say about that? Anything?
0: He hasn't listened to the episode yet. And if if he has, he hasn't told me. He's listened to it. Oh. He's had a very busy week, too. Okay. So. Well... We're going to find out. Did I finish the story yet? No.
1: All right. <laughs> well.
0: Well, so, yeah, cool. Final thoughts. There is one scotch and one scotch only that I like to rule them all. This is gross. I don't like it. Um. It is better if you don't swish it. If you don't swirl it around. Put
1: some water in it. Put a drop of water. See what that does to it. Um, I would like to take a moment while Megan's doing that to say we did not do mailbag today. Again, no mail. Please email us. You can email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. You can go on the website and there is a contact us sheet. You can find us, us on Instagram. You can message us on Instagram. You can Facebook. message us on Facebook. Twitter. Twitter, Reddit, Reddit, (laughs) you name it. You can message us on it. So there's no excuse, guys. And Megan has put some drops of water in.
0: Oh, it made it worse.
1: Oh.
0: (laughs) Oh, It made it so much worse.
1: Oh, (laughs) how is it worse? I was going to do it, but not no more.
0: Oh, it like (laughs) intensified the peat by like tenfold.
1: All right. This is
0: getting into like. Ash cray, wolf Wolfburn level. How many
1: drops did you put in there? Two. Mm, that was, I was gonna do it.
0: Don't. Don't okay. do it. That I was gonna made it, do it so it much good, worse. I was
1: gonna do it out of good faith, cause you did it, but Oh no, don't right, do it. If if you're don't you're saying, no, yourself. I'm not, I'm not gonna do it.
0: Oh, it's gross. Wow. All right. Um well it, then
1: strike that from the memory and <laughs> and yeah. let's rate it based on. Um,
0: earlier. as I was saying before, I massacred it um it tastes a lot better if you let it sit if you don't swish it um if you swish it it I don't know like brings out the the more uncomfortable flavors like the sour and the peat to me just having it sit there it stayed sweet um or stayed sweeter um and now that I've had it with the water drops i think i'm going to rate it higher than i was originally going to because it could be so much worse um i i don't know
1: give me a water drop
0: oh no i'm sorry i don't think it's a good idea don't do it Uh, okay there you go that's horrible it's gross it's nasty don't do it spin it together make sure it's it's all the water is all in there i did it's horrible. You ruined it. You ruined it. And we're waiting in silence.
1: Definitely um, more Petey. Gross. It's not.
0: It's you, not Wolfburn levels. I was
1: about to say, you're highly misremembering Wolfburn. No, you over-exaggerated that a lot. It's, it's it's like an eighth of what Wolfburn was. It's yes. still, I could, I could tolerate it either way.
0: Um, But would you want to?
1: I would not want to do it with any water, no ice. I would be interested to try it with the rocks that don't dilute anything, but just chill it. That would be interesting to me. But that would be more of an experimental thing um, for me. This wasn't... Uh it wasn't great. No. I definitely preferred the Glenlivet. Um yes. For sure. Um I'm actually going to pull up the other Scotches we've done. I want to look see. at
0: their ratings. Um Excuse me. It's a lot better if you shoot it and do everything you can for it not to ta to- not It is a lot better if you shoot it and do everything you can to let it not touch your tongue.
1: So just looking, we've done four other scotches and the highest rated is the 15 year aged Glen Livet, which is, it is fantastic. It is delicious.
0: Thank you, friend Angie.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. We're going to have to get another bottle of that because it's going to be in one of our.
0: Oh, oh, for sure.
1: Yeah. Did you polish that bottle off?
0: No, I have kept it. In the box, and I keep it on top of the shelf. So Houston has to get it for me if I want it.
1: Okay, good. (laughs) Ideally, uh, I'm thinking about buying one of those. It's just so so that I have one here in case because I know it's going to make the end of year special.
0: Oh yeah, it's so good.
1: Anyway, I'm looking at the scotches we've done, and take that one out of the four, leaving just the other three. And we have not. I've not gone above a four and a half, and you've not gone above a five on a rating.
0: So, okay.
1: interesting observation there.
0: So, I have a challenge to friend Angie, who apparently knows more about scotches than I did. And I remember her saying something like she thought, I would like Glenn Levitt because it's not Pete, it's something, I don't know. Um, friend Angie, if you know of any other scotches that aren't a very expensive product, price for a fifth that still are made in the Glenlivet way. Can you like email us and let us know or.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, we also, I just want to let everybody know on the website, we have a list of things that we want to try. Um, We have a list of things that we personally wanted to try. Monkey shoulder is something that some, uh, several people have recommended to me personally going back several years. And I put it on our pick. Um, but, you know, we also have a list of listener suggestions as well. And I'm actually going to go through here. I know there's at least one scotch on here.
0: I know for a fact we have Scottish listeners. So you guys need to defend your home hometown.
1: So we've got Lagavulin on the list. Uh we've got Johnny Walker, a Song of Ice, a Song of Fire. Both of those are scotches. I don't expect those to be good. And you can Guess which one of us put those on the list.
0: <laughs>
1: I have the Glen Morangi 12 La Santa. I've heard that is amazing. Uh, that actually came from a listener. Um,
0: is it $100 a bottle?
1: 50
0: Oh, that's not bad.
1: McAllen um, 18. Um, I believe that's a Scotch as well. That one is. Uh, well, I see two that are two thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> um, was that a listener recommendation?
1: Oh my god. Um, yes, that was a listener suggestion. The Macallan eighteen-year sherry oak is three hundred and fifty dollars.
0: Oh wow, whoever suggested that to us, we would like a donation, please. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: maybe we'll get there.
0: Oh my god.
1: Um, actually wait a minute. Let's see. That is The McAllen 18 year old fine oak has been discontinued. So maybe that's what they were. Hmm. Um so yeah, we do have a few scotches on here we do want to try. Um I am Oh, here's one from 1950. And they want $46,999.99 for it. Not worth. If I was a billionaire. Uh yeah, I found the McAllen 18 year old fine oak, $250 a bottle.
0: God.
1: <laughs> yep. So that one might be on the wish list for a while.
0: Yeah. Um anyway,
1: so we do have some scotches on here wow. that we are wanting to try. We've we've done a lot of um you can you like I said you can go on the website you can see those I update that like I'll I'll every remove every single episode yeah I'll remove monkey shoulder and I'll put it on the ones we've tried, um, we've done a ton of bourbons just because it's America and it's easy to get bourbons
0: and bourbons are the best. I, Scottish listeners prove me wrong.
1: Well, so I want to get I want to do more rise personally. We I, have
0: had some good rise.
1: Yes, we have. You gave a rye tin. Um I did. I would like, I want to do, matter of fact, I need to update this. I want to do the um, Rendezvous rye and both the ryes from High West Distillery, which I think I can officially say is my favorite distillery at the moment. Um, I also want to do the, excuse me, Woodford Reserved rye. I've heard very good things about that as well. And I really like their double oak. so. Anyway.
0: Things to try.
1: Yep. Yeah, I got to put those on on the website. I will do that as soon as we finish recording. So, well, let's get down to business.
0: Um, this is going to stay in all the other Scotch ranges except Glenlivet. Uh, as a 3. I was originally going to go with a 2, but then I put water in it and made it worse. So 3.
1: I'm I'm I agree with the statement. The water made it worse. It definitely brought out the smokiness in it. If you like that sort of flavor, I would recommend a drop of water. Nope. If you don't like that flavor, I would recommend not doing it. Uh, And I want to try it with the stones to see how temperature affects it. But as it stands now, as it stands neat, Uh, I hate to be bland and boring because I have rated the four scotches 0.5, 4.5, 8, and 4.5. I'm going with a 4.5 on this one. It's a little bit below middle of the road. I would drink it happily, have it with a cigar, but I'm not going to put any water in it and it's not something that I'm going to probably I I don't know if I'll buy it again or not.
0: This is one that will not go in my whiskey cabinet at any point. Yeah. Unless uh, I get it as a gift, in which case it'll be for the guests. Yeah.
1: I, I can't say right now whether or not it will, it will go in there for me or not. Um, I'm going to continue to drink and see, but, Uh, we've just we've got two sitting here side by side, two from the previous two episodes. Oh, I think we skipped an episode this week actually. I think we skipped out of order as far as the whiskeys go. Oops. But that's okay. We were originally we were trying to rotate and do keep the Flaviar samplers we got every third episode, but I think we skipped it. It was supposed to be this week. But whatever. We'll get it next week. It'll be next week. That's fine. Yep. So there you go, a preview. You know it's a Flaviar whiskey next week, but anyway, on that note, do you have anything else you want to add?
0: I do not, other than um, follow us on social media, share us, email us, please. Um, Our goal right now uh, is to reach more people to get a bigger audience. Um,
1: Yes, we want to grow our audience. If you know somebody who likes whiskey, send them our way, if or send us their way. If you know somebody who is just interested in learning or just likes podcasts or, you know, share us. It, it just takes a couple shares to help us grow. So. It
0: really does. So please, please uh, take a minute to share us on your social medias or, you know, send us to whoever you think might enjoy listening to us. Um, and tell them to listen to whatever your favorite episode is.
1: Um absolutely, and feel free like like we've said a thousand times on here, please email us, contact us good with the good, the bad, and the ugly tell yeah. us tell us some terrible stories if you know us in real life, you can well, we might censor some of the stories if if it's like a terrible, terrible story, but email us stories you want us to read about us, about times we shared, email if, us what you think about scotch what you think about bourbon what you think about monkey shoulder in particular just whatever you want to email us about just contact us and if
0: you don't want your email shared on the podcast and mail time say that and we won't share it absolutely so if that's what's holding you back then we won't share your email if that's not something you want us to make public
1: yeah we want we want communication we want to know people are out there um I mean, I can see the listens. We we can yeah we tell can, people are we listening. We see
0: you're there, <laughs> and we
1: know for a fact it's not us anymore <laughs> because I can't tell you the last episode I listened to. Same. Um. So, you know,
0: there are a lot of you out there. There are. I don't think there's that many bots that are listening to us. So
1: we listen. See, we we actually do listen to the episode. It's just during editing. So yeah. There's no sense in us listening to it again just to pad the numbers.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um I guess on that note, tune in Wednesday. Check us out. It'll probably be on Instagram. I don't know if we're gonna do Instagram live or if we're just gonna do some video and like a before and after or what. Shelby's gonna film it.
0: I cannot get off my day job. Super sad. We tried, uh, but yeah. Shelby is gonna take one for the team and go in my place.
1: Take one for the team. I'm taking one for the team here. <laughs> God, I gotta walk around with a mustache for a month.
0: You're the one who said, "Hey, when we get to this I, many something. yeah, I
1: know. I thought it would drive people to listen more. So well, it worked. I guess so. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, it's all been right, fun. It's time We're to gonna sign get off. off here. It is
0: late. It's time to go to bed. We love you. We thank you for listening. And most of all, we ask that you don't drink and drive. Cheers.